Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. One of the things I get asked all the time is, what does a day in your life look like? And honestly, I kind of have a hard time answering this question because, let's face it, it changes from day to day. But in today's episode, I'm going to do my very best to share what a sort of kind of typical day in my life looks like from week to week, and also give you a few tips of how I quote unquote, get it all done. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the trailblazers, the mavericks, the makers, the homesteaders, the modern pioneers, and the backyard farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. I'm interrupting this episode to give a quick shout out to our sponsor this month, Union Wireless. Union is a Wyoming-based small-town telephone company that's been in business for the last 100 years. They specialize in having more cell towers in more places, and what started as one man's mission to help rural Wyoming residents stay connected has blossomed into a thriving network that connects folks via landline, cell phone, and internet service in Wyoming, Colorado, Montana, and Utah. If you're one of my listeners who lives in the West, head on over to unionwireless.com to see if they'd be a fit for you. Now, back to our show. So like I said, I don't have a typical day, and I kind of like it that way. I keep it that way on purpose. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how, it's, it's weird. I love routine most of the time. I love to be organized and scheduled, but I also hate ruts and I don't do monotony well. So I have this weird juxtaposition of how I like my life to go. So I have definite structure, but I also like to keep things mixed up. Does that even make sense? I don't know, but that's how I roll. And there are days where Honestly, I am like Susie Homesteader and I am out in the garden and I'm milking the cows and I'm making cheese and I'm doing the canning and the bread. And then there are days where my life doesn't look so homesteaderish. And some days I'm just on the computer or I'm working on a different sort of project. And that's always kind of why when folks are like, can we come for a tour or can we swing by and see your operations uh, or just observe what you're doing. I'm like, you know, there's just days where I'm not romantically a homesteader. It's just, I'm just a regular old person. <laughs> so I just like to always put that out there because some days we are, you know, channeling Laura Ingalls Wilder and some days we're just not. And that is the reality of modern day homesteading, at least I think. Um, anyway, I did want to try, however, just to give you an idea of the structure of my typical day, because I get this question a ton. When I did my Ask Me Anything episode a while back, and I was collecting questions for that, this is one of the things that came up the most. And I've done a previous podcast episode on it, but seasons change and life changes, and I just wanted to give you kind of an updated version. Uh, so here we go. Uh, basically, my year is really broken up into school time and not school time. Because as you know, we homeschool. So the portions of the year when we are in the middle of homeschool lessons, it's obviously very different than the middle of summer. And we've had a wonderfully long, glorious summer this year, we stopped school, we finished our books by May 1st. And so we have had a good solid couple of months just to live life. And it's been wonderful. 
That being said, we are gearing up to go back to school. And honestly, I'm not dreading it. I'm kind of looking forward to it. My kids have expressed that they are excited to hit the books again, which is weird. And I feel like they will change their tune <laughs> not too far after we get started again. But I'm glad they're excited. And breaks just are good for everybody. We just really needed the break because at the end of the school year, in uh, April and May, I was over it, man. I was done. So I'm excited that the passion and the fire has seemingly come back. But I'm telling you all that just because it really depends. My days are dependent on school or not having school. Also, I want you to know that I do schedule. And if you've seen me talk about my planner on different Facebook Lives or reference my planner, I live and die by my planner. I need it. It's like my security blanket. I write everything down. If it's not on the planner, it doesn't happen. In fact, I had forgotten to write down that my farrier, which is the horseshoer, she was coming back today and she texted me and she's like, I'm coming back to do your horses this afternoon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it didn't get on the planner. And it was completely out of my brain. So I do absolutely depend on my planner. I know some folks tell me there aren't planner people. They're not into planners. It's not their personality type. And I'm like, cool, but also how do you function? I understand we all have different brains and different styles, but I still don't really understand how you can have a streamlined, effective, efficient schedule without a planner. Maybe it can be done. I don't know how to do it, but I do love my planner. I use a paper planner. Um, and I do like to time block. So I will specify certain areas of the day where I'm going to be doing certain things. However, I am not obsessively tracking anything minute by minute. So when I see folks with uh, schedules for things that is like in 15 minute increments, I'm like, oh no, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> not for me. Like I can give rough blocks, but nothing happens in 15 minute increments in my life, like nothing. So I, I have to give myself a little bit of play, but this balance of structure and time blocks with a little bit of relax, viewpoint of the calendar has been a good fit for me. And you get to decide what fits you, but that's what works for me. So my typical day-ish, sort of kind of typical. I usually get up between 6 and 6.30. Now, obviously, if I have to go somewhere or do something, I'll get up a little earlier. I am just not someone, at least at this point in my life, that can do the whole 4 a.m., 5 a.m. thing. My body doesn't like it. I have tried it. I love the idea of it. I've read all the books about mornings and miracle mornings and morning routines and how wonderful it is. And when I do that, my I just don't operate well. I also don't work out well in first thing in the morning. And I know I've got to be a freak because everybody else works out and goes to the gym first thing in the morning and they say it like changes their whole day. Whenever I get up and go work out right away, I just hate it. I hate everything about it. I don't feel good. I don't feel good while I'm doing it. I have a hard time powering through it. So at this point, uh, I like to do crazy things, but I've also decided to respect what my body is telling me. So I like to wake up when the sun comes up. And sometimes that works better than others during different portions of the year. But like right now, uh, it works well. And that's just what flows with me. So 6 or 6.30... Um, when we are milking cows, we like to milk first thing we get out. It takes us 45 minutes to an hour to milk three cows. It, it actually doesn't take that long to milk, but it takes that long to get things set up and cleaned up. So Christian helps me with that. 
he does a lot of the cleanup and the prep and I handle the cattle and get their, get them cleaned off and kind of help put the milk in the fridge and all that. So we'll do that first thing in the morning, six, six 30. Um, he'll finish up cleaning the milking parlor. I will come in and start breakfast all the while this is happening. The kids are out doing their chores. And even on the days we don't milk, they are in charge of chores. I actually don't even go down to the barn in the mornings unless it's for milking because they handle everything. The chores include, like right now we have three bottle calves, which are actually transitioning off the bottle, but um, those have been a big portion of our chores this spring and summer. So Mesa handles the bottle calves. She will um, feed the barn cats. Sometimes she needs to feed hay to the horses. Right now she doesn't because they have a big round bale feeder. When her 4-H steer was here, she would um, give him his grain and maybe tie him up or rinse him off because you have to bathe them all the time. We have pigs. They have an automatic water and a big feeder that's filled up really full. So we don't have to replenish that very often. So, but she might check the pigs. Um, I'm trying to think what else. That's, that's her main chores. Bridger, my son, he will handle all the chickens. So he'll go into the chicken coop and check food and water. We have chicks occasionally. Right now we have meat chicks. So he will check their food and water in the brooder, make sure the heat lamp is okay. And then we also have a chicken tractor that's way out on the side of our house. So he will traipse out there with his buckets and check their food and water as well. So he handles all of that. People ask me all the time about our kids and their chores. They actually, and I'm not just saying this for the sake of the podcast, they actually like their chores. They take pride in their chores. This has been a process to get them to this point, but they actually like their chores. I rarely, if ever, have to remind them to do their chores. They just do it automatically. Sometimes they're up and out of the house before I am doing their chores. And I feel like that is the the harvest that we've reaped after a lot of years of, you know, just trying to create discipline and consistency. So I'm really proud of that. There are times when they forget things, especially Bridger, you know, little boys are a little more distracted and a little less disciplined by nature than a lot of little girls I have found. So, you know, he does a really good job, but every once in a while he'll forget something or he'll skimp on something. So we have to kind of remind him, but they do, they do awesome. I'm super proud of them. Uh, So they do chores while we milk or while I'm making breakfast you know, by then I'm back in the house. So we'll, we'll do breakfast. I don't know, seven, seven 30 kind of depends on when we get done with milking and chores. I keep my breakfasts easy and I love the idea of a four course farm breakfast with all the fixings, but let's face it guys, that just doesn't happen for us. And nor do I really want to invest two hours every morning to an extensive breakfast, whether that's the homestead mindset or not. I don't really care because that's just what works for me. So we keep our breakfast simple. We kind of have a rotation of things that we do. We'll do oatmeal uh, or baked oatmeal, which is a recipe in my cookbook. Sometimes I'll do quinoa, which is a high protein kind of an ancient grain. I cook that up in the instant pot and we'll have that with raisins and brown sugar and fresh milk. We'll do puffy pancakes a lot because it uses up eggs, which is always a bonus. And that recipe is also in my cookbook, or we will do uh, scrambled eggs a lot, a lot of scrambled eggs. We'll do green smoothies. Sometimes I'll do like a sourdough coffee cake if my sourdough starter is doing its thing, or we'll do sourdough pancakes with the leftover starter. We keep it simple. Uh, Sometimes there'll be fruit. Sometimes there'll be fresh milk to have with it. Always coffee. 
but it's not extravagant. And that's just what works for us. We don't do things like cereal, really, hardly ever, um, or Pop-Tarts or things like that. But so we're not quite that far into the convenience realm, but we have to have something that's homemade and is not super time intensive because, you know, we're rolling in the mornings. Like we want to either get started with school or we want to get outside and do our thing. And so it just has to be simple. So we'll clean up the kitchen. Christian often helps with dishes in the morning and the kids have a, each have a different inside chore every morning. Um, and whether that's wiping down the bathroom counters or vacuuming the stairs or taking out trash, they will do those things while I clean up the kitchen. And then usually, well, by when we're doing school, it is by eight o'clock because I'm a stickler for starting at eight. We just like to be consistent. So that's just what works best for us. We don't do school in pajamas. We like to have breakfast done. We're ready to roll by eight o'clock. In the summertime, we're a little more lenient. Like it might be 8.30 by the time we wrap everything up. But the kids are usually chomping at the bit to get outside, do whatever thing they have planned for the day. And I'm ready to do my things as well. So they're getting their chores done. I'm cleaning up the kitchen. They'll head outside generally to go ride bikes or play in the water tank or play with Legos, whatever they're going to do. And I will work on some sort of project if it's summertime, which would be oftentimes watering, watering all the things, or I'll go out in the garden before it gets hot. I'll go ride my horse before it gets hot. Um, I might do a little computer work if I have emails to answer or things that I need to address first thing in the morning. I'll get that checked off. And we kind of just spend the mornings in the summer just doing a variety of things. Now, if we're doing school, then we generally school from about 8 o'clock to 10.30 or 11 in the morning. And then we're done. And what you'll find if you're not familiar with homeschoolers is that we get done with school a lot more quickly than a traditional classroom does. And there are exceptions to that, depending on what curriculum you use or how old your kids are. But I have found that we can get everything done. We need to get done by 11 o'clock. And then the kids have those afternoons to be free. And for me, that is one of the biggest benefits of homeschooling is that free time. And I've often had folks over the years kind of question that and say, is that enough? Is that too short? Are you doing everything you need to do? And I always go back to the fact that, you know, I was homeschooled K through 12. Even as a senior in high school, I was able to complete my work by 11 or 1130 every single day. And I had zero issues in college. I always was extremely high on my test scores. And I've had all the tools I need to have to be an adult. So I feel like that is more than sufficient. And then the learning that takes place in those free hours in the afternoons is just as valuable as the bookwork. So that's our philosophy on that. So we finished up by 11. We like to eat lunch early. Usually by 1130, we're eating lunch. Take about an hour to do the lunch thing and clean up and set up and do all the stuff. And then we start our afternoons. And I kind of break my day, I've done it subconsciously, but I break my day into two productivity periods, if you will. And I have found that that's just how I, how I think of my tasks for the day. And I am pretty scheduled. We eat lunch pretty much at the same time. We, we stay on track. Um, in the mornings, I find that those are generally my most productive time, especially first thing, you know, from like 8.39 to 10, 10.30. Those are my most productive hours where I have the most energy and the most drive. And then as the morning progresses, I start to lose a little bit of my effectiveness. And maybe you've noticed the same thing. And it, the same goes for the afternoon. You know, one o'clock to 2.30, I'm most productive, the sharpest, the most mentally aware for things that need a lot of attention. And then as the afternoon goes, I get a little more 
lacks, maybe not as focused. And so I try to put different tasks into those two chunks of my day. If it's an important task, it's going to go early in the afternoon or, or first thing in the morning. So I can make sure I'm at my best to get it done. And then I leave the last portions of the morning and the last portions of the afternoon is often is kind of like a little bit more of a free wild card section of time where I can just fill in whatever things may need to be done, but aren't as crucial, if that makes sense. So um, let's see. I always like to get my most important things done first, right? You've heard me talk on the time management episodes I've done in the past on this podcast. I like to think of it as big rocks and little rocks. You have a jar, right? And you have two, max three big rocks. Those are the things that have to get done each day or your life will end, right? They're the most important things to get done. The deadlines, the the stuff that just has to happen. And I always put those first. And then you fill up the jar, if there is room, with the little rocks, which are those less pressing, less priority activities that are a bonus if you get done, but not the end of the world if they don't happen. So in the afternoon, I use that period from about one o'clock to 2.30 to oftentimes hammer out something on the computer. So if I'm working on a blog post or I need to do something for a work project, or sometimes I need to do a call, um, we do our homegrown mentorship calls at one o'clock on Thursday afternoons because I'm the freshest and I'm kind of ready to tackle the, the thing right after lunch. Um, so I will do those things in that first part of the afternoon. And then oftentimes by like 3.30, you know, I'm kind of losing focus. And so that's when I might go back outside. I might work in the garden for a little bit. I might ride my horse. I might, in the wintertime, I like to go work out. I like to work out around four o'clock in the afternoon. That's just when I do the best. I don't know why. I feel like that's not normal per se, but I do best in the gym around four o'clock. And what I will often do is if I've thought ahead on supper, which I try to do most of the time, I will get some supper prep done, whether it's chopping the vegetables or putting the roast in the oven or putting, you know, checking something in the crock pot, doing the prep. And then I will leave it to either simmer or cook or stew or bake. And then I will go outside and ride the horse, work in the garden, go to the gym, which is on our property. We have a little gym in our shop. I don't have to go anywhere. And do those things. And the kids will be inside oftentimes at that point. And they can like, rarely, I don't have to have this happen all the time. But if, if something needs stirred on the stove or checked, or I need someone to listen for the timer on the oven, Mesa can do that. And then she'll come holler at me if there's smoke coming out of the oven. Not that that's ever happened. Or, you know, the, the buzzer is going off on the stove, things like that. So that's kind of one way that I will get supper ready. And then I'll use that time to go do something else. And Riding my horse really clears my mind. It's something I do. It's not something I do to make a living, right? It's not a it's not a job for me, but it is more than a hobby. It's something that I'm really passionate about. And I've learned over the years that prioritizing the horses, as counterintuitive as it may be, makes me more productive in my office work and the other things I have to do. So I used to put that at the bottom of the priority list because I'm like, eh, horses are just a, a sideline for me. But now I know it's really important. So I put those kind of mid-level on the priorities. And obviously not every supper menu item lends itself to prepping and then going outside for a while. But when I have a casserole or something in a nine by 13 pan that's going in the oven, it works out great. Um, okay. So I will 
work on supper and do those little extra things later in the afternoon, we like to eat supper around 5.30 or 6. We eat pretty early. That gives us time to clean up the kitchen. And then if it's summertime, we will go back outside, often work in the garden when it's cool, go for a bike ride as a family. Christian will go back out to the shop. The kids will run around. I love, love, love summer evenings. And if it's wintertime, then we just kind of piddle around the house a little bit. I love to use those winter evenings as a time to read to the kids. So we will have some sort of read aloud or history book or whatever. So we'll use those times, sit by the fire and read before bed. Um, Oh, I will say, I I forgot to mention this. Four o'clock, this might surprise some of you, but this is what we do. And I'm not ashamed of it. Four o'clock is screen time for our kids. So from about four till five, 5.30, the kids are allowed to watch a show or play on the iPad or do something like that. And I know that's not a fit for every family, but that's something that we have done really since day one. And it just works really well for us because the kids know when screen time is going to happen. They don't nag me for it through any other point in the day because they know the answer is going to be no. If it's not four o'clock, then you don't get to watch a show, period. And it also gives incentive because we make them do their chores. They could do their, they do their evening chores a little bit early. So the chores must happen before the TV comes on or the iPad comes on. And so I never have to nag them to get the chores done now that we've established that because they know the chores, then the show time. So it's kind of self-motivates them. And it works well because usually by four o'clock, they've been playing hard. They're oftentimes a little bit grumpy with each other. They might be, you know, they've had a long day outside, the three of them. So maybe they're a little over all of the sibling dynamics. And it gives me an opportunity to go make supper or, you know, work out or whatever I need to do. And they're occupied and they're happy and I can do my thing. And so that has worked well for us. Again, that's not a fit for everyone, but I do like to say that because we do a little bit of screen time and I don't feel like that's detrimental as long as it has boundaries. Okay. Um, once the kids go to bed, we usually put them to bed around seven 30 or eight, do our little bedtime routine. And Christian and I will chill after that. Sometimes he'll go out, he'll go back out to the shop if he has a fun project he's working on. Um, Oftentimes, if it's winter, we'll hang out in the house, we'll watch a show on Netflix or read some books. It's really important to me to have the uh, cool down, I I don't know what to call it, the cool down time, I guess, before I go to bed. I used to work on the computer from eight to 10. Horrible idea because my brain gets, energized very easily. I get revved up very easily and then I can't sleep. I even have to be careful what I read before bed. I love nonfiction. I love personal development books. I love business books. If I read a marketing book before bed, I will not sleep. It's obnoxious. (laughs) If I read the wrong book, I will be literally, I, I do this thing where I'm like half awake, half asleep, and I'm literally writing marketing copy or planning out a product launch in my head in bed. And I do not like that. It's very exhausting. And so I have to be careful what I do before bed. So I'll either read kind of a fluffy book or I will watch a Netflix show. And that just helps me to let down and go to sleep. I always, I always take a shower before bed. I kind of have my little ritual. I'll do something to relax myself. I'll take a shower, read a little bit in bed and then go to sleep. And I, I I sleep really well. I don't have issues with sleep. Um, I've always slept pretty much through the night. I go to sleep easily. I wake up pretty well. So it works for me. Everyone's different, but that's what I do. And then we repeat it all over again. I usually try to be in bed by 10 at the latest. I, when I stay up later than that, my productivity is 
horrible. I do not produce well. And the later I stay up, the harder time I have going to sleep. I think this is true for actually a lot of us. So if you have a hard time falling asleep, it may be you're going to bed too late. So I do guard my sleep. I feel like sometimes with uh, type A people like me, there's a little bit of a bragging badge of honor thing that happens with, oh, I only operate on three hours of sleep or I only got four hours of sleep last night. I do not view lack of sleep as a badge of honor. I really guard that. I'm very picky about that because I can directly correlate my productivity to how much sleep I got the night before. So it's important to me to prioritize that sleep. So that is kind of my day, depending on the season and what we're doing. You know, one of the things that people ask me a lot is how do you do so many things? And and so take yesterday, for example. Yesterday was Monday. Well, not for you listening to this podcast. You might be listening to this on a Monday, but when I'm recording it, yesterday was Monday. And Mondays are kind of my wild card day. So I don't have my babysitter here on Mondays. Um, so, and it was, it's summer still. So I had kind of a free day and I, I love to do a lot of little things. So yesterday I was documenting it on Instagram stories and I got a couple replies to the stories and they're like, how do you do so many things at the same time? So I, I wanted to break this down a little bit. So I'm not giving off any incorrect perceptions, I guess. So for example, yesterday we had, first thing in the morning, we had a writer for an article. She works for a magazine. She came to have breakfast with us to get some photos and do an interview. So she was here till about 10 o'clock, 9.30ish, I guess. After she left, my thing that I was most excited about yesterday was I have this old table we found in the house we're remodeling and I brought it home and I wanted to sand it down and use it for our new schoolroom table because I'm redoing our schoolroom. So I took it out to the shop. I sanded down the polyurethane, which is not fun, FYI. Ugh. So sanded that down, got it cleaned up, stained it. I went back in for a little while while the stain was drying. Um, we're working on a pretty cool project that we'll be launching to you guys in October. I don't know if I should tell you. I think I'm going to make you wait a little bit longer, but stay tuned. You're going to like it. And it actually has to do with time management. Stay tuned. So I had to talk to my assistant. We worked on some notes and some pages in this project. Um, That was back and forth. Then I went outside. I worked in the garden a little bit. I went out. Christian's building the greenhouse. So I got some pictures of him doing that. I uh, came in. I chopped some vegetables for supper. I decided that the pickling cucumbers from the garden had to be addressed. So I made a batch of pickles and canned them while supper was cooking. And then we hung outside with the kids for a little bit and then put them to bed. And I, you know, people were like, how do you do all of these things? We know you're homesteading. We know you're blogging. We know you're, now you're standing tables and you're making pickles. Like what is wrong with you woman? And I just want to clarify, um, how that works because number one, I'm not doing all of the things in my life every single day, right? I didn't ride my horse yesterday. It was blazing hot. So the horse didn't get rode. Um, I didn't really work on the computer that much. I didn't do a whole lot in the garden. It was just a little bit of everything, but I kind of like those days where I can dabble an hour here, an hour there. Now, that being said, it's fun to have those specified dabbling days, at least in my world, but I also have days where I focus in. So like today, for example, my babysitter is here. I have a neighbor who comes up and hangs out with the kids two half days a week. So today is a day where she's here. So I'm in the office and I am hammering it out. I am laser focused. And so I am recording podcasts. I'm writing a blog post. I'm answering emails. I'm working on projects. 
I'm getting ready for my homegrown mentorship call that happens Thursday. Like it is boom, boom, boom. So then all of those things will be published over the next few weeks, or it will look like those are coming out and those are already done. So I have these times where I'm laser focused. I'm in this deep work mindset like today and tomorrow. But then I have other days like Monday where I get to play. I get to do pickles. I get to do table sanding. I get to ride my horse. I get to do all these things. And so that's just how I operate my days. I guess I have days that are designed to be a little more fragmented and days that are designed to be a little more focused. But just know that when you see me doing all those, these things, I'm not doing every single thing every single day. Does that make sense? The other piece of this, and if you want more time management tips, you can go back to those episodes. The other thing that I think is really important because people ask me how I have energy, how I have all this energy. And the answer is I do things that energize me. And this has been a process for me to learn and figure out. When I say yes to things that are not in alignment with me, that are not meant for me, that I shouldn't be saying yes to, it drains me. I don't want to do it. And I drag and I grumble and I don't love life, right? So I've learned to cut those out and that's been a process and I've had to disappoint some people in the process of doing that. But when I have cut those things out and I am able to choose into doing things that energize me, I have more energy. So canning energizes me, riding horses energizes me, gardening energizes me. And I go do those things. And even though I'm maybe riding my horse outside for an hour and a half and it's hot and it's sweaty, physically, it may wear me out a little bit, but it mentally, it charges me up. And the same thing goes for the projects I do on the computer and uh, the gardening or the canning or the rearranging of the schoolroom or redecorating my house. Those are things that energize me. And the more I am able to say yes to those things, the more energy I have. It's weird. You should try it, but it works. And I understand that not every single thing in our life can be fun, fun, fun all the time, right? I understand there's some things we have that we have to do, go to the dentist, you know, clean the toilets, but there's also a lot of things that I know as humans, because I've been there, I've done that. I still struggle with this. I say yes to, in an effort to please other people or to conform to, you know, different expectations or to just say yes for the sake of saying yes, which aren't a fit. And the more I do those things, the less energy I have. So that's one of my little secrets is do things that energize you and say no to the things that don't. So anyway, that is my sort of kind of day in the life schedule, I guess. Hopefully that was interesting or helpful or enlightening or I don't know. <laughs> Everyone's different. Your day will look different than mine, but that is the routine. At least I'm in, in this portion of my life that is working for me. And it's always changing. I'm always taking inventory of what I need to do differently or what I can add in or what I can take out. And I would encourage you to do the same thing. There's so many times we just find ourselves in these ruts where we think we have to do certain things just because we've always done them. And that's oftentimes just not true. So take note of the things that maybe you're doing out of obligation or you're doing that you don't really need to be doing anymore and start pruning them out. It not only makes a huge difference in the schedule itself, giving you more free time, but it's also going to clear a lot of that mental clutter out of your brain. So give it a try and let me know how it goes. And that is it for today. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to hit subscribe. So all the new episodes will show up in your podcast player. And 
if you wouldn't mind taking a minute to leave a quick rating or review, I would be so very grateful. I read every single one and each one of those reviews just helps more people find this podcast and bring old fashioned living into their life. So thanks again for listening and we will talk next time on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast.